world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Jonathan, I don't know what the heck happened here. That is the loudest my computer has ever been. I wanted to turn it down. It was so loud. I don't know what you did, but praise the Lord, I don't have to be listening to what everybody's saying out there. Uh, Hey, morning, folks. Good morning. Uh, What is this? Show number 1,993. And, boy, excited to be here. Uh, the last couple of days, man, I was t- telling my wife, I think I shared with you all yesterday, if I were to count the number of words I've used in the last week, wow. You think my, my time, <laughs> they, you know, they want to they secure your bank account, let you know how much money you can spend. I hope they don't put me on a word rationing because, man, oh, man, we've been after. Don't forget, coming up on Monday, Charles Jennings. If you could, Johnny, pull up there uh, his website, Truth in history.org. And I think, isn't it .org? Yeah, .org. If, if, here's, here's the, friends, evil men have crept in, were warned, warned in the book of Jude. Evil men have crept in unawares. And they changed the truth of God into a lie. And they've worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Amen, right? That's what the Bible says. Evil men have crept in. So understand this. Evil men creeping in is a pattern of the enemy. Remember John F. Kennedy in that famous speech? What did he say? Infiltration, not invasion. And we live in a culture and in a time when so much of the stuff that we believe is a direct result of indoctrination. And I don't know if you've uh, ever, Johnny, if you can, go to Webster real quick. Webster's 1828. Just type that thing in there. Let's just kind of free flow here. Okay, bear with me a second. Indoctrination, indoctrination. I, I, you know, I'm I, to indoctrinate you. Yeah, I'm really crazy. Why? Because I'm a lughead. I'm a helmet head that loved language. I, I don't know how I got this combination in me. Language fascinates me. Indoctrination. Uh, well, this does. This isn't a very good one. Instructions and the rudiments and principles of any science. But if you look at that word, when I was, I remember they taught me how to dissect words conjugate words, indoctrinate, in always means, the letters I-N always means to put into, invade, invest. You with me? So in means to put a doctrine in someone, to indoctrinate, eight being the, uh, the, the verb that goes along with it, to is means to put into someone a set of beliefs. That is indoctrination. Now understand this. Indoctrination can be very, very good. Every day, my daughters, our daughters, indoctrinate our children in the things of the Lord. It is a good thing. Indoctrination is a good thing. But indoctrination can be a bad thing. When you send them off to public school and they're putting into the mind of your children stuff that you're not teaching in your house. And so what happens inside of a little child and a full-grown Christian man and woman is when they begin to hear the other side of the story, it causes a stomach. Oh, your stomach begins to churn. Because why? You have something getting inside of you that is totally opposite or in conflict with what you have been indoctrinated with. And that's why people say, when you ask somebody, what religion are you? And they say, well, I'm Baptist. I'm Lutheran. I'm Methodist. I'm Episcopalian. I'm Catholic. No, no, no. no. That's the indoctrination you receive. You're a Christian. And you've been indoctrinated 
in a set of beliefs. And probably if you're a Baptist, you've been your Baptist your whole life. Why? Because your mom and dad indoctrinated you into Baptistism. You tracking with me out there? And so the one of the greatest fights that we have to fight, and the thing that makes you guys, in my mind, makes me, you guys are brave. Because I know that over the 1,993 shows that some of you have been with me, man, we have touched some hot buttons that didn't feel very good. Still doesn't feel very good. And can I tell you, some people leave, don't they? They can't take the heat. Why? Why was that movie, Jack Nixon? You can't handle the truth. And that's the truth. We can't handle the truth. And I come down here every morning, and my goal is the same. I'm on a pursuit of the truth. If it's not true, I don't want to believe it, no matter who indoctrinated me in it. Would somebody say amen? Somebody say amen. That, that's, that's where we are. And I'm, not amen. and I'm not afraid here to take on the sacred cows. I'm not afraid to do it. We do it regularly. And as I've said to you many times, I really don't know my theology. I really don't know. I'm telling you, I really, I don't know how you could put my theology in a box. Is there a rapture? Is there not a rapture? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. As they said in Gone with the Wind, I don't care. It has nothing to do with my life. Not, it has, you say, well, coach, it's the blessed hope. Well, Christ is my blessed hope. How I end up being with him, that's up to him. And for me to sit around and fight and argue on whether or not there's a rapture, what the heck? See, we're all going to die. <laughs> Every one of us are going to die. And we are we are spending so much energy arguing over non-important issues. Jesus said, foolish and unlearned questions avoid. They engender strife. Stri Nobody likes strife. But you guys must because this is strife here, right? Sometimes the show's over and you guys are mad as hell at me, but I I'll tell him this, and you can send me a nasty email, and I, I read it, and I chuckle through it, because I know I hit a hot button, see? I know I hit a hot button. So I appreciate you coming in here every day, and I, uh, my life has radically changed since, since the Lord gave me this, this platform. And I, I want you to know, I'm t as, as pure as I can be, I, don't have an, I have no other agenda. I really don't have an agenda. I don't want you to be a follower of me. I don't want you to be part of a cult. I want you to know the truth. You know why I want you to know the truth? Because it's the only thing that'll make you free. Truth. And I'm I'm I want to know the truth. If my wife's got a boyfriend, I want to know it. Michelle, keep your teeth. You need a boyfriend. That sounded pretty masculine, didn't it? Right? I just want to know the truth. I just want to know the truth. And so that's what we do here. When Russell Limbaugh died, we said we'd take a relentless pursuit of the truth. So Charles Jennings forgot where I got started. He's going to be here. Never, ever happened before in Coach Dave Live. Back-to-back -back shows Monday and Tuesday. And he's going to give you the truth in history about our Christian faith that is going to blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. Hey. Maybe it might kick out one of the pillars on you. One of those pillars might get kicked out, but you're going to enjoy it. I would encourage you to tell others to come and do it. And again, as I said, uh, um, you want to know the truth or not? Truth will make you free. Cool. All right. Let me see you. Let me see you. What well, I got going? Truth in history. Oh, I got I got two big events coming up, and I don't have them. Bobby, I'm sorry. I haven't pushed much of, of what you got going on. Are you out there, Bobby? You want to talk about it again? I, I apologize. The event. Bobby's just having yes, a one, just a one day get together. Talk about that again there, and Bobby, because the women are going someplace else. Michelle's taking the women someplace else, and Bobby's got a, an event going in in Kentucky. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, on Saturday the fourteenth from eleven to five, there's a restaurant. We got a room reserved there in Richmond, Kentucky. Uh, it's if you're going to come out, come from a distance, get your own hotel. We're going to have some food there, but while we also encourage you to buy what you want, we got to take care of the restaurant. We have some coffee. It's going to be a get-together, uh, get to know each other. Uh, hopefully some new faces will be there. I want to talk about the upcoming year, what we're going to be doing in uh, prepar uh, preparing the body, taking care of ourselves for the times in which we live. It'll be very simple.
So, so Bobby, this is just just pretty much a get together. Get together, going to eat some food and talk about some things. But this is just for people down there to get together. It's not a big conference or anything like this. So we're reaching out to anybody. Might be within a you know a, day, a half day's driving distance. One come and fellowship. That's what the thing's going to be. Okay, folks. So uh, uh, the next day, I'm trying to find it right now. I just got invited to speak at a pretty cool event down in uh, southeastern Ohio. I'll try to dig it up here. Uh, friends, look. I don't care if you come. Don't you don't have to follow me around like little puppies. That's not what I mean. But sometimes when I when we go do an event like uh, what what whatever, people who were down that area said, "Well, why didn't you say something?" I would have loved to have come. That's only 20 minutes from my house. And I I don't always know that. So I don't do this as a means of self-promotion, okay? I just try to let you know if you want to come, you can come. Jeff Klein's got a raised hand. Go ahead, Jeff. Yep, we got we got okayed with the mayor for the permit for the whole month of October. So we'll be on the square every Saturday, 1 to 3. Just doing a little church on the square, we're calling it. So, And it's going to be chilly, 50 yeah. degrees somewhere, so wear a sweater. Yeah, just come on up and join us. It's getting colder. It's going to get colder around here, right? So uh, thanks, Jeff. I promise you tomorrow I'll get that thing up about where I'm speaking on the four, the day after that on the 15th. Okay, so uh, so look, I'm kind of, I got a, uh, kind of a different agenda on my heart today. It's been on my heart for a couple of That sounds so Christian, doesn't it? Been on my board, laid it on my heart. It's, it's, been, it's been troubling me because I, I see this is where the – I see this is where the battle's heading. See it for sure. And uh, it is the loss of masculinity in America. <clears throat> I, 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 you know, George was talking about when we went and spoke to those uh, 17, 18 year old kids at, at uh, Thomas Worthington the other day, Worthington Kilborn. Uh, it's just um, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I, w- I want to pause for a minute uh, because one of the turnoffs of this show for others who come for the first time is they can't take the yelling and the shouting and the, well, you, you know what I'm talking about. That may have been you at the beginning, right? may have been you. And really at, uh, at the heart of it is football. I'm a football coach. Football is masculine. Football players yell at each other. They exhort each other. Ah! Men love that. Women, not so much. Women, not so much. In fact, it's getting to the point in a lot of places where men don't like it. It's getting to the point in some places where, I hate to tell you this, the women are more, more bold than the men. The women are more likely to step up and speak up than the men. And can I tell you the truth? I don't like bossy women. There it is. Thank you. I don't like bossy women. Why don't you like bossy women? I don't like bossy women. Actually, I don't like bossy men, but I see a bossy bossy man. I know he's a type A. Okay? I know he's a type A. So I wanted to uh, just kind of open it up. I, I want to hear, I want you to hear each other in regards to this one thing. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Pull up for me number eight. I'm heading somewhere today. Pull up number eight. See, it's very hard, I'm just telling you, for any presenter, me I'm talking about now, to come here and appeal to both genders. It's hard. It's hard. So I'm a coach. I coach girls sports and I coach girls sports the same way I coached boys sports. And we raised our daughters who were both college athletes to be treated like boys. And one of the biggest arguments I had, and what an argument, it was a pushback I ever got. Some lady wrote me a real long letter because I said to her son, on the football field, he, I don't know what happened. I said, daggone it, quit acting like a girl. Boy, oh boy, did my ass get in trouble. What? what? I'm, I'm, you're trying to keep my daughter from being blah, blah, blah. So here are traits 
that I think maybe we will all understand a little bit better. Masculine. I just I just dug this off the internet this morning, and I'm heading here. I'm heading somewhere. Okay. Masculine traits. Now, now, folks, look at look how they've rated these masculine traits. They've got good ones and bad ones. So, a masculine trait would be if you're aggressive, that's bad. If you're boastful, that's bad. If you're dominant, that's bad. If you're brazen, that's bad. If you're egotistical, that's bad. If you're violent, the strengths are you're a masculine guy, authoritative, certain, debonair, self-assured, courageous, go in. Huh? Feminine, feminine characteristics that are bad or that are good, I'm sorry, are tactful, okay with the unknown, sensitive, humble, thoughtful, compassionate. The weaknesses are if you're shy or timid or spacey or drama queen, insecure. See, so they already for us have set up a set of beliefs or set of behaviors that represent the perfect person, not allowing for individual men to be individual men. Phil Robertson's not welcome in the church. Coach Dave's, I'm telling you, rarely welcome in the church. Strong, opinionated men are not welcome in the church. Somebody say amen. However, amen. strong, opinionated women are welcome in the church. Does anybody disagree with that? Anybody disagree with it? And it comes back to where I started when JFK said what? Infiltration, not invasion. And Jude warned us that evil men have crept in unaware, and they changed the truth of the God into a lie and worshiped and served themselves rather than the creator. That's what we're dealing with here, right? So we have lost somewhere along the line the traditional masculine, feminine men. You know what? You're not even allowed to call somebody a sissy anymore. Hey, Clay, I bet you were called a sissy, weren't you? A uh, daring young man on the flying trapeze. Clay, Clay was a trapeze performer. You wore those tights, I suppose, right, Clay? Huh? Dressed like a dressed like a fairy. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm sure you did, right? Huh? Well, Clay, did it hurt your feelings a little? Well, you know, sometimes shame is a good thing. Sorry. Sometimes it's a good thing. Say, Coach Dave, where are you heading us today? Where are you heading today? We will not return to the to the powerful body of Christ that we are to be. God made us male and female. He did that on purpose. And if men don't stand up and be men, we will never recover. Now look, men, our greatest opposition is what? Masculinized women. Bossy women. Hey, women, I love you out there. I love all of you out there. I, I, no, I don't. I don't love all. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I mean that. I love, I love women. I love women. But I'm going to tell you something. Hey, girls, despite what the culture taught you, you got your place, all right? You got your place. Now, here's why you got your place. Because God said you've got your place. By the way, I open up a church and I start talking like this. It'll be me and my brother. Nobody else going to come. Because why? Because men, oh, now I'm starting to meddle. Men, you've lost control in your own house. Boom. <laughs> For the most part, you've lost control in your own house. I grew up in a home where what, whatever I wanted to do, I would go and I would say, hey, dad, dad, can, uh, can I borrow the car? And anybody out there have a dad who would say this? Go ask your mom. That's why I grew up. Go ask your mom. Dad was in charge, but I always had to go ask my mom. I could never, I could never figure that out, right? Can I tell you why that is? Because the man was designed to take the heat. And I've shared this with you before. I let my wife, she gets to make decisions where we're going to go eat. And what we, I mean, she makes a lot of decisions. Praise God. As Dale Socia said, my wife runs the house. I run the home. We know our places, right? But if there's a tough decision that has to be made at the school board, why would I let my wife go? Why would a man let his wife go? Or at least let her stand up there by herself 
And everybody talks about, oh, man, those women, uh, those mama bears, those mama bears. So hell's bells, where's the papa bear? Where's the grizzly bear? And friends, our churches have purposefully done this to us. Why? Because there ain't no place for an aggressive masculine man in the church. Would anybody want to argue with me on that? How many do you know aggressive, masculine, men's men in your local church? Why? Because it's not encouraged. It's not encouraged. Amen. Manly actions, manly behaviors, gruffness. No, 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 no. No, we got that sandpaper, and we've tried to rub all the edges off of all the men. We want the men to be polite and kind. And what, what, are, what are the vices over here? Aggressiveness, boastful, dominant, vain. But folks, those are characteristics of manhood. What? Men attack. That's what men do. Now, we understand that the Holy Spirit comes into your life and tempers that. We get that. But I'll be daggone. Men. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to move on here in a second. Um, Pull this up for me. Oh, man. How about a little bit of Keith Green this morning? Huh? Yeah. You guys know who Keith Green was? I'm I'm, I'm I'm playing this song today for the men. It's a it's a uh, four minutes and twenty two seconds. Johnny, you can probably play it at one point five speed. <clears throat> because hey, Christian men, you're asleep in the dark, baby. Or, I'm sorry, you're asleep in the light. I'm talking to the men today. You're asleep in the light. You're asleep in the light. Go ahead, play it. see all the people sinking down don't you care don't you care how you gotta let them drown how can you be so numb not to care if they come you close your eyes and pretend the job's done bless me lord bless me lord you know it's all i ever hear no one aches no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds And he cares for your needs And you just lay back and keep soaking it in Oh, can't you see, it's such a sin Cause he brings people to your door And you turn them away As you smile and say, God bless you, be at peace all heaven just weeps Cause Jesus came to your door You've left him out on the streets Open up, open up And give yourself away You see the need, you hear the cries So how can you delay God's calling And you're the one But like Johnny alone told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. Oh, can't you see such sin? The world is sleeping in the dark that the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. How can you be so dead when you've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave and you you can't even get out of bed Oh, Jesus rose from the dead Come on, get out of your bed How can you be so dumb Not to care if they come You close your eyes and pretend The job's done Close your eyes and pretend the job's done. Don't close your eyes, don't pretend the job's done. 
Come away with me, my love. Come away from this mess. Come away with me, my love. Come away from this mess. Come away with me, my love. Asleep in the light. Asleep in the light. For it is the light that maketh everything visible. Come out from among them and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Go ye into all the world. Teach them to observe all I've commanded you. I've given you everything. Go. See, we've, we, we think go simply means, I'm sorry, some of you never never heard this before, so bear with me a second. God's both masculine and feminine. That's why when he said we were created in his image, we are both masculine and feminine. In other words, the feminine side of God is a mothering, caring, mercy God. Feed the poor, clothe the homeless, uh, Repair the brokenhearted. That is the motherly aspect of God. But God's also manly. And the manly aspect of God is to what? Rebuke and tear down and pluck up and rebuild and boom, aggressive. And we, we are serving a church and a Christianity to where the lost world full of somewhat masculine NASCAR men look at the effeminized thing we call the church and they say, ooh, I don't want anything to do with that. Ooh. We think we're going we, we to draw them with the love of God. I mean, we do. It does. But Really? Really? Do you know they laugh behind your back, men? Praise the Lord, brother. We speak Christianese, and we expect them to understand it. Oh, you would never say a foul word. Oh. Can I tell you something? I do. I do. When I'm around men, sometimes I speak like men. And when I'm around men and I speak like men, those men say, geez, he's a lot like me. Huh. Rather than some prissy guy with a tie on standing in a Paul. Paul said, I become all things that I might win some. What? Yeah. Yeah. I got to reach them where they are. I'm going to tell you. You're not going to reach a man with a womanly gospel. You're not going to. I'm on a rampage today. I'm I'm on a rampage. I know some of you want to get in here. I'll get you in. I promise you I will. Hmm. Let me catch my breath. Let me show you a man. Go to number six. Go to number six. Let me show you a man. No, that's not it. Is Is that what came up with number six? It should be Western Journal. Yeah, okay. Quarterback for the, uh, uh, what What are they called? The Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagliova. So, scroll down, but scroll down, scroll down. Deion Sanders. We have men who are now masculine, bold men proclaiming the gospel of Christ like I have never seen it. In an area where folks were lost Masculine men are watching. And this is the quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. I can never say his name. Anyway, they interviewed him after the game, which he had just an unbelievable game. And listen to what he says. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think the, the best thing about um, being a believer of Jesus Christ, like to me, is that good Lord up above doesn't care whether you win a game, whether you lose a game. Um, and for, for me, it's, it's been a little tough having to play on Sundays, um, having to understand that, you know, not, not able to go to church, um, 
really a, a lot of it is having to watch church online after games and, and things like that. But allowing me this platform, um, you know, is to me is the best thing in the world to be able to profess my faith, um, something that I firmly believe in, something that's been uh, uh, foundationally ins instilled in me at a young age. And, um, you know, when I'm out there, like, I even I even pray before I go go out to um, go out to series and whatnot. Like I'm always praying, you know. Like I'm I'm on a sideline. Looks like I'm talking to myself, speaking in tongues. Like some people think, what this guy knows how to speak in tongues? I mean, I, I grew up grew up in a um, non-denominational Christian church my entire life. Um, so yeah, like that. I mean, it, it does a lot, and so. Having to remember scripture always keeps me encouraged in continuing to press forward, uh, especially in times like this. Another one. Hang on. Hang on. Pull up Dion again. It's number 10. Pull up Dion. I'm not going to play the whole. Folks, listen. There's something going on. Men are manning up. Men are finally starting to man up. It's incredible. Okay, you can play it at 1.5 speed. I'm not going to play it. It's, it's long. It's No, it's not. Listen to what Deion Sanders says about manhood. Go ahead. Let, let me tell you about that spot. That company had a hard time understanding my thought process and who I was. And when I told them, my biggest fans are the youth because sometimes people my age and, and people that look like me didn't really understand me. So I need to appeal to the youth because the youth was the one going out there telling mommy, daddy, I want those shoes. Wow. I need you to buy those shoes. So my marketing hat was always on, even at an early age and an early stage of my life. And I was always comfortable around kids. So it's not far-fetched to understand why I'm coaching right now, because I have an affinity for kids and trying to progress them to be professionals, not just professional football players, but professionals, period. I wish the day that the draft was held, the next day we had a, a corporation and a Fortune 500 draft, because see, I want my kids to be out there. Not just my biological kids, but my kids that play for me at Jackson State. We got 97% of these kids that are not going pro. What's going to happen to them? I need them to make a difference in life. I need them to be somebody. I need them to go and enhance their communities. I need them to make a change somewhere in life and to be great fathers and to be great parents and to be great kids. That's the mindset that I have for my youngsters. If there's, yeah, give it up. Exactly. If there are athletes right now, if there are athletes right now, whatever sport, and you like their example on the field and also off the field, and these are kids, who would you tell them to watch? Jesus. That's clear. Uh, uh, a great recruiter right here. Yeah, but see, oftentimes, you got to understand those things that you see, those things that you clap for, those things that you cheer for, those things that you idolize, they're not role models. They're models playing a role. Wow. You don't, you don't know who they are. You just saw them doing what they're gifted and blessed to do for two hours of the day. Could you imagine if the world got an opportunity to see you at your best for two hours a day, how your, your profile would just be enhanced, everything would be wonderful, everything would be so different, because we're showing you for two hours doing what you're gifted to do. But what happens to the other 22? See, that's where the problem occurs. That's where the trappings of life occurs. And so oftentimes we do fall into those trappings. I would advise you to be that role model for your child, for your friend, for your homies, for that person that looks up to you and looks out for you. You need to be that person. The role model should be somebody you can touch. My mama was my role model, man. My, my mama was that. My mama was all that in a bag of chips and would cuss you out to this day and not stumble over words. My mama worked and made sure and saw one another, although they never met. My mother, even when I made it, she never asked for meat coats and, and gold chains and diamonds, although I got that for her. She's on her third home now, never asked for one because she was old school. She just wanted what was best for me. And she wasn't thirsty, she wasn't hungry, she wasn't seeking and searching for attention and adulations. And now we got parents trying to be the balls. We got parents trying to be in every commercial, trying to be in every shot. Although I did put my mama in a Super Bowl commercial, which you're going to see on Sunday. Yeah, I had to make her do that. I had to make her do that. But it's a different game out there, so we got to be careful who we're calling role models. But I truly believe the role model you should be able to touch. You know, I'm going to change you because... Your you know, role you know, model? So you okay, that's good enough. Jury. You should be able to touch. Quit idolizing people on the internet. Quit driving your kids to be like Taylor Swift. Stop it already. Your role model should be somebody you can touch and somebody that can touch you. Come on in, George. Sorry, Coach. <clears throat> I had my hand up a little early there. I just wanted to say the fear of God does not come from a sissy pastor up there. Nope. It doesn't, man. It doesn't. It doesn't. Well, I, I want to look up. I want to look up in the pulpit. I want to see a man. I want to see a man. 
well should. Go ahead, Glenn, then Myra. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, thanks, Coach. Good morning, everybody. Coach, I sent you um, I sent you that short video called Where Are the Men? Maybe hmm. uh, Jonathan or Spencer, whoever's on the board today, can play that. Uh, it's a four-minute video. Did you just send it to me? I did. I just sent it to you. See, I don't get them all my bag on. I don't get them. Let me find it here. I Let texted me. it. Uh, I, it, folks, this is truth. I don't get all my emails. If you're emailing me and I'm not responding to you, yeah. I guess that's something crazy going on. Glenn, I texted I, it. I texted it. Oh, you texted it to me. Yeah. Oh, that'd be different. The same truth. Go ahead, Myra. Come on in while I while I dig this out and get it to. Yes, uh, Coach, uh, concerning infiltration, masculine and feminine, James 1, 4, it is written. But let patience, I'm sorry, it's not that one. <laughs> it's going to be James 1, 8. It is written, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Hallelujah. Let him not expect anything from God. Is that what it says? Huh? For let not that man think that he's going to get anything of the Lord. Why? Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Huh? Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. Go ahead, Jonathan. You should have it now. I just sent it to you. I don't know what Glenn wants us to see this clip. It's called uh, Where Are the Men? It's from Matt Tuella. Go ahead. Twenty, And from there, you can listen to all my sermons from the book of Acts. It's the end. He has to play from the beginning. Uh, I'm sorry. Do, do again. Government has become. <laughs> yeah, they don't play very well backwards, do they? A Go popular ahead. question has become, where are the men? People are asking this question because most of those showing up at public hearings to confront the tyranny are women. Hence the question, where are the men? First off, understand that men have been under attack by design of the government for over 50 years here in America. A short perusal of our laws, policies, and court opinions demonstrate that. Entertainment news media reveal that. We live in a matriarchal hell. And worse yet, the vast majority of churchmen have joined the state and the men-haters in a feminizing men via their mimini-pimini pulpits. The spirituality of churchmen now is measured by how soft and ladylike they are. Amen. Yet, the question remains legitimate. Where are the men? And more pointedly, where are the men who fear God and have love and fealty to Christ? The men who cannot live in peaceful coexistence with the idols and evils and tyrants who trample the law and word of God. Where are they? The book of Acts reveals a Christianity wholly opposite of the current form of Christianity. In Acts 17, for example, there is a conflict between the people of Thessalonica and the Christians. The Jews and the evil men gathered there against Paul and Silas and the Christians, accused the Christians to the civil authorities stating, quote, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar saying there is another king, Jesus, end of quote. Wow. This is classic Christianity in action. True Christianity confronts the false religions and paganism of the cultures, whether it's with the Jews and evil men here in chapter 17, or the followers of Diana in chapter 19, or the streets of post-Christian America in our day. True Christianity comes into conflict with the religion and idols of cultures. True Christianity confronts the idols and evils and tyrants of nations. These who have turned the world upside down, this means those who are declaring something contrary to what we have known. To them, this was an attack upon their filthy way of life, a possible end to their status quo. 
They have turned the world upside down. They are acting contrary to Caesar's decrees. They are declaring another king's rule. And this brings a conflict. And we have to ask, where are these kind of men in our day? The world is screaming for these kind of men. Men who love God, who have fealty to Christ. Men who will speak, men who will act. But most churchmen and Christian men in our day want nothing to do with conflict. They do not want to confront the idols and evil and tyrants of their day. They teach that we should conform to the evil edicts of Caesar, that there should never be a conflict. And if there is, those Christians causing it are bad Christians, that we are always to obey the state, that conflict is bad, confrontation should be avoided, accommodation and appeasement should be sought. The effeminate who fill America's pulpits in our days, sit in their pious rot, swallowing camels and straining at gnats, and it is grievous to the hearts of men. And so I ask again, where are these men? We must shake ourselves, brothers. Where are these men? We must be those men. We must be those men in our day. We must shake ourselves free, brothers, from American Christianity. It is nothing more than a cheap whore which will sell itself for a morsel, consumed with its narcissism and its consumerism and its pedestalism. Brethren, we must be those kind of men. We need a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives, brothers. Let us speak. Let us act. Let us confront. Let us not flee from the conflict but rather let our hearts burn within us when we see the law and word of God being impugned by men and the governments of men. And may we confront it. Let us be those men. Thank you for taking time to listen to this important message. Okay, that's good. That's good. Please. I know where a bunch of them are. I know where a bunch of them are. They're locked in a freaking gulag in Washington, D.C. Isaac Yoder. Had to report today. Isaac Yoder had to report today. As men sit around silently and watch their bold Christian brothers drug off to jail. Amen. They're coming for you, baby. Amen. Uh, they're coming for you. One more thing, Clay, that I'm going to bring in. Play, um, <laughs> I lost it. Church number two, play number two. God bless Matt Tawala. God bless you, Matt. God bless you. I just somebody sent this to me yesterday as well. Another church has not man. gotten more political. Politics have gotten exponentially more religious. If politics was about streets and paving highways and digging reservoirs and funding our military all day long, whatever. But when you start telling us about the nature of truth, we have to have a conversation. If you're not in trouble as a church family, you're just not preaching the gospel. Because to contend for the gospel truth is to be at war with the current politics of our day. It's not as if we're looking for a fight. It's like, we've been standing over here the whole time. And all of a sudden, they're getting closer and closer and closer. And now they're throwing punches. And so you have two options. You can shrink away in cowardice or you can stand with some backbone and you can contend for the truth. No, two men can't get married because we don't get to define marriage. God does. No, abortion is not reproductive health care. It's murdering a child made in the image of God. No, a girl can decide to be a boy through hormonal treatment and surgical mutilation. No, the government's job is not to control our kids. God gave kids to parents. Back off and pound sand while you're at it. The church has not gotten more political. You can stop it. Now, I'm going to ask you a question as we get ready. Clay, I'm going to bring in. I'm going to open it up. I want you to think right now, just in your own mind. Think of the famous pastors in America, the famous ones, the big followings. How many of them could ever play linebacker? Huh? How many of them could ever get a tail back like, like our dear brother Clint Harper and hand the ball off to him 30 time, 32 times a game and pound up off tackle and take the assault of the linebacker and the free safety coming up and knocking his freaking legs out from under him and getting back up and going back and getting a huddle and handing him the damn ball again. Name any of the pastors who are leading America and show me one. It's full of testosterone. Go ahead, Clay. There's so much I could say about this, Coach, so I'm just going to have to pick a couple of things to talk about. Uh, my, my uncle, 
he was uh he graduated high school when I was born, so he was quite a bit older than me. And and I looked up to him, so I'd try to hang with him. And uh you know, he didn't want to throw the football to somebody that was uh, you know, just tossing it real lightly. So when I was a kid, man, this is no lie, he was knocking me off my feet with that football. And my mom would get so mad at him. You know, but I'd say, that's all right, mom. That's all right. But he literally, I'd go out for a pass and knock me on my butt, but I'd catch the ball. And that, and I don't know what exactly made me like I am today, but I know that the, the movies, the John Wayne movies, the war movies, the, you know, the cowboy and Indian movies we used to watch growing up, that, that made men tough. And, and uh, you saw what it was like to be tough. The downfall in that right there is that John Wayne – you know, a lot of people looked up to John Wayne and he taught you how to be a patriot and he taught you to follow orders by the United States military. But just like my uncle, John Wayne didn't talk about Jesus. Imagine what this country would look like if you had a manly man talking about Jesus. And that's what I like so much about Tom Gill. If I lived in Ohio, anywhere near Tom Gill, I'd be going to his gym and hanging out with Tom Gill and those men because I still at this day right now, would love to wake up in the mornings, and that's why I get in here. But it would be lo- great to interact one on one or in a group of men working out and talking about Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Clay, we've traded John Wayne for Pee Wee Herman, right? Uh, Phil Donahue, right? Huh? Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, one more thing, Coach. This look, is at men, hey, look at the men on late night TV. Go ahead. Well, I, when I was going through firefighter training, you had to be, uh, you had to go suit up totally in a, in your firefighter gear and have on uh, a breathing apparatus. And they put you in a, a box car that had a maze built through it. And they put you in there in the complete darkness with a real fire mm. pallet set on fire in those box cars. And you had to crawl through a maze that was like four foot tall with all this gear on. And you had people in front of you and behind you. And if that mask quit working or it came off, you'd breathe smoke. Now I'd get I'd get big time claustrophobia when I first started going into that maze. Now the generation of this time right now, a lot of these kids growing up now, they want somebody to say it's okay to have claustrophobia and it's okay you don't have to do that. It's okay that you feel scared in there. Quit acting like a girl. Yeah, but 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 I wanted to keep doing that over and over and over again until I could go through there like a man and not have fear of of that situation. Amen. Amen. And now now everybody just wants to be told that they don't have to improve their self. Mm. Amen. Amen. Clay, how about this one? Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal band. You get the point. We were told not to be sissies. And I, I've heard that I heard that a lot from my uncle. Don't be a sissy. Get That's back right. in there. Don't be a sissy. You can't say that anymore. Your parents will call you. Can't say that anymore. The mommies will call you. Janine, come on in. That's funny, Dave. Um <laughs> if we if we were taught the true word of God, we wouldn't be having sissies. You know, the word of God says that the devil was thrown in a bottomless pit. Yeah. Do we understand what those words are? Jonathan, can you please go to the 1828 dictionary and look up pit? It means combat. Yeah. And, a, and a bottomless means continuous, yeah. continuous combat. You, we are all supposed to, men especially, go in for combat against the the enemy we don't even understand what we're what we are doing how can we do the things that you want to do if we don't understand the word yeah we should be wanting to go into the pit shouldn't we janine that should be our goal amen into the pit (laughs) in the arena right in the arena yes we wear the combat uniform, but we don't engage. A pit is to set in competition as in combat. Wow, I never saw that. Keith. Yes, sir. Got to expand those horizons a little bit because there's an awful lot of occupations out there that 
demand a strong hand and a thunderous voice. Yep. That's Amen. the way I see it. Amen. Amen. And see, here's what's ha- here's what's happened to us. The strong, you guys know this, don't you? I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm not welcoming a local church. I'm no no, I didn't mean that. I'm welcoming a local church. My message. If I were to walk into the average church around here and they knew who I was if I came in, do you have any idea? The pastor would be pissing his pants the whole time for fear of what I might say. And the truth is, I would probably say what uh, 85% of the men are thinking, but don't have the courage to say it. Because they're sitting in the church because their wife likes that church. You don't have to say amen. You don't have to say amen. If my church is appealing to my wife, it tells me something's wrong. Amen. Tells me something's wrong. And I'm I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to get men, strong men, to come to a church that appeals to my wife. Amen, coach. (laughs) Come on. Come on. And why? So the pastors, look, they're not all evil. They're not doing it because they're evil. It's been the infiltration of feminism into the gospel. Not that the gospel can't be feminine. I already explained that. That's what mercy ministry is all about. The heart of a mother seeing the hurting and helping the hurting. But if I'm out of war and I see a wounded guy laying on the ground and my wife is with me, I'm going to say, Michelle, take care of him. I have to go. The job, we have both sides, folks. Both sides of this battle. That's why back years and years ago, when people went into the military, the men went to war and the women were the nurses. Yes or no? Yes or no? Why? Because it is the design of Almighty God. Oh, man, oh, man. Jeff, come on in. And Stephen. You said that. I'm thinking here. Just like you said, locally around here, Anytime you mention the name Coach Dave, you just get them looks. Oh, yeah. yeah. For 20 years. But you know what, the other day, guess who come into my car lot? Coach Doug Savage. Uh, now, you know Savage. Yeah. He was hardcore, old school, called him sissies, screaming yep. at him. Just He's in there talking, and I said something the other day to him about the article that you wrote, that the church has taken a knee. I knew that would fire him up. He said, oh, Dobby. He said, he was one hell of an athlete. He said, and I looked at him, I laughed. He said, no. He said he was a stud. He was just, it got him all fired up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but he's done coaching in the schools. He just can't take it anymore. He said, what is it? He said, you want to make them boys tough all the time and challenge them. He said, you can't do that no more. No, it, it was a good time. We chatted about old, old times. Cool. You see Doug again, tell him I said hi. Stephen, come on in. Hey, Coach, can I share some uh, Proverbs chapter 24, please? Do it. Proverbs <clears throat> 24. Right. Yep. Go. All righty. <clears throat> I'm going to start with verse 1, go all the way down to 10. Go. Be not, be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. Their wisdom is in house builded, and by understanding is it is it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yeah, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel, thou shalt make thy war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. Amen. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He openeth not his mouth in the gate. He that devises to do evil shall be called a mischievous person. The thought of foolishness is sin, and the squander is an abomination to men. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Thank you, Coach. Wow, Stephen. Woo! That's a boom. (laughs) That's a boom, huh? If you faint in the day of battle. This morning. Boom. Uh, Go ahead, Jock. Uh, Good morning, everybody. Coach, when you're talking about, uh, you know, the men going off to war and the women are the nurses, so that just be like how God creates. I'm sitting here driving this. 18 wheeler right now 
and I'm chugging up these hills, pulling close to 80,000 pounds, every piston in this truck has a job. (laughs) And one is no good without the other, but together they get the job done. And that's exactly how God works. He puts us all together. He's the designer. He puts it together. And with him, we can accomplish anything. Amen. And you know what else, uh, Jacques? He designed the roles. These are God-ordained role models, right? Amen, Coach. Amen. There's no place for a woman in the police force, but it isn't at the scene of a crime, in my opinion. In my opinion, when somebody breaks into my house, I want some fat cigar smoking man to show up. I don't want some woman. I'm I'm just telling you, right? Because why? That is God's plan. That's God made them male and female. And feminism has done nothing but undermined the heart of men. That's all it's done. And you know, right now, you know, right now, are you ready? Huh? I'm going to use a word. I'm going to use a word. How many times have you said this? Maybe not so much now that I'm 70 years old, but back when I was in college and when I was a young guy, and they'd say something, hey, do you think we can get Bill? Will Bill do it? I'd say, ah, no, Bill's pussy whipped. Anybody know that? Anybody ever use that word? Huh? Not allowed to use that anymore, are you? But I'm telling you, men, American men are PW. But American men are PW. That's right. Listen, they're PW. They, they're PW because the culture says it's okay to be PW. We're counterculture. Counterculture. That's why I said to George said, I'd love to go back to that school that I was at a couple days ago and just get the boys all by themselves. And you guys remember this, Roger? You guys out there remember said, I want to have a boot camp for young men. Yeah, say what? Oh, yeah. I want to get them over here at Sky High. And I want to put them through it. And I want them crying. And I want them toughening up. My little grandson, David, they got beat last week. He's he's uh, their bitty football. They got beat on the last play of the game. He's eight years old. They threw the last play of the game. The other team did a miracle play and they beat him. And when the game's over, I look down the sidelines. And here comes Davey walking down to me. And tears running down his eyes. I said, hey, Dave. It's supposed to hurt when you lose. And one thing that you got to understand, those guys won because they made a play when the game was on the line. You want them to cry? You make the play when the game's on the line. That's not the culture we have, though, is it? No, no, no. Everybody wins. Everybody gets a trophy. And I know this, little David... LD, they call him. LD is going to be a better guy because he got his ass beat. He'll learn from it. We want to. We want to take our young men. Are you ready? We want to take our young men and treat them daintily like women. Oh, his feelings are hurt. No kidding. Hey, my feelings were hurt every day I was growing up, baby. Huh? Deal with it, dude. Deal. Put a bandaid on it and get back in there. Not anymore. Not anymore. Why? Because masculinity is a thing of the past. Now, hang on, because I hear you. I hear you. I'm not talking about a man that's dominant and subdues his wife and makes everybody fall in line. If you see, there you go. There you go. And I'm sorry if you grew up in a home with an abusive father. But that doesn't mean the design of a masculine man is wrong. It means the guy who be, who mistreated you didn't understand it. And I'm here to tell you, without any doubt, men are physically and most times, excuse me, emotionally stronger than women. Why? Because of the God designed them to be the head of the household and to take the blows to protect their family. Today, you go to a school board meeting, and it's women at the school board meeting while their husband's home watching porn. Amen. Come on in, Roger. I oftentimes wish you had male Mondays. (laughs) 
I, I enjoy the ladies, but there's sometimes I just wish you'd say, this Monday is Men Monday. That's right. <laughs> and then us guys would gather on a Monday and we could talk about some things that we might not be comfortable talking about with the ladies around. Right, right. So. Amen. Amen. We need to do that. By the way, thanks for taking us out that night, Roger, because that was good. That was a good night. Just what, 15 or 16 of us sitting around eating the steak, eating the steak and eating each other, right? Eating the it, was, it was beautiful. Just beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And they are doing everything they can to get away with, uh, get rid of masculinity. I was going to read a commentary I wrote a few years ago. I didn't get a chance to get at it now. I'm going to get to it. But it's time that men man up and we teach our boys to man up. Wow. God bless you. See you tomorrow.